0: Locked Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team Every day, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day throughout the week, Monday through Friday, five episodes a week. You'll hear myself, Lou DiBiase, and my co-host, Gino Camilleri, wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on all platforms. We're available on YouTube and Twitter at LockdownBirds at GC24 underscore football at DiBiase. L-O-E. It's a Tuesday edition of the show. We're continuing to dive into a loss, but um, a moral victory against the Los Angeles Chargers. 27-24, to 24, the Chargers win it on a last-second heartbreaking field goal at Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles drop to 3-6 and six on the season. But uh, Gino, I think we'll start there. We're going to do stock up today, stock down, and I feel like stock up to the team in general. There's a lot of still the same consistent negatives we'll get into later on in the show and in past seasons I would say that you don't really accept moral victories from you know 2017 to 2020 but I think we both agreed before the year that there was room for them this year and I thought at least in some areas on Sunday there were a lot of moral victories to feel at least okay about this team heading into next match the mat- the excuse me the next matchup against Denver
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was a Freudian slip that you said Las Vegas Raiders, but they've come a long way since that game, Lou. And I equated this yesterday. I was on the Philly Sports Table podcast after I did uh, our show for Monday, and I said that this reminds me of 2016 with Doug. But with Doug, the wheels completely fell off in that stretch. I mean, they went on a stretch where they didn't win any games. The wins were hard to come by. With Nick Sirianni the way he was able to turn things around from that Raiders game where they really did hit rock bottom. I mean, Mm -hmm. I literally made a show called Is This Rock Bottom? And I thought it was. I didn't
0: know how they were We compared it to the 2015 blowout on Thanksgiving against Detroit.
1: Absolutely. It was was one of those matchups where you're like, do they even have enough personnel to field an NFL team? And then the last two weeks, last week you dominate Detroit and in the NFL, I don't think it's – a given that you get wins after the results we saw on Sunday, Buffalo falling to the Jaguars, the Broncos blowing out the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah,
0: it was upset city everywhere in the NFL on Sunday. What was in the water?
1: Absolutely, and you can't take a win and just say, oh, it's quote-unquote the Lions. That was a domination from start to finish physically, and then to carry over to what you did against the Chargers, you're in that game. It's a one-score game the whole way through. That type of win where you now know what it takes and you've mm-hmm. seen what it what you what level you would have to play to against these good teams with the the Dallas loss, the Kansas City loss, the Tampa loss. And yesterday, I thought they executed pretty well on both sides so. of the ball. Jonathan Gannon definitely has to work on his scheme a little bit, but this offense Lou, I finally think it it has its identity, and I we so know too. what to see week to week. Even if it's not a high-volume passing offense, what they're doing is working. They're yeah. getting long drives and capitalizing on them, Lou. It's not like uh, – I think it was – was what game was that? When they had a bunch of good field – I think it was the Kansas City game or the game after that. They just had a bunch of good field position because the defense kept stopping – the opposing offense, and they just couldn't get it in the end zone. San Francisco the zone, week two San
0: was Francisco like that. Francisco week two, They yes, were in the red exactly zone the game over I was and thinking
1: over They get a little yeah. too late there, but they were yeah. in the red zone so often and couldn't capitalize. Now they're down in the red zone. I'm expecting points, whether it's a field goal or mm. a touchdown, one yeah. way or another, because they are clicking. I feel on all cylinders with this offense, especially it's because they've
0: accepted who they are. And, and they I have to, and you have thing. to in the NFL, yeah. you
1: have to know who you are mm-hmm. and play within your limits. And I mentioned that last yeah. week when we were talking about Jalen Hurts and why he looked so good in that Detroit game. It's because he played within that offense and what he did against the Chargers, Lou, when the passes were there, outside of maybe that Goddard throw and the Smith throw, which were yeah. the two ones that you want to have back down the stretch. Every throw he was making was on the money. Smith was in the right point. The offensive line dominated the Chargers all day long. The running backs were consistent. Dallas Goddard is just showing the peak of the player that he could be Lou, I feel what's cooking in that offensive room, and I feel good with Nick Sirianni. I think he's kind of you No, know, I think around.
0: Sirianni is certainly stock up. I, I think for sure the head coach Great has done some really, really it, impressive yeah. things the last two weeks, and I think, again, it's because they're understanding who they are now, and they were trying to see if you could win because of Jalen Hurts, and now the last two weeks – You're winning. You're trying to win with your quarterback and you're Mm -hmm. trying not to have him be the one that carries the offense. And although that's not ideal for the people that want hurts to become the franchise quarterback that the Eagles are kind of, you know, going towards this direction when it comes to their offensive philosophy at the same time, this is what works. This is who they are right now. And if you want to try to save the season, If you want to properly evaluate Nick Sirianni, this is the way the offense has to be, right? 14 passing attempts for Jalen Hurts last week. It was 17 this week. I thought he did make some really nice throws standing in the pocket over the middle plays you wanted to see. But at the same time, yeah, Jalen Hurts is kind of a a side piece of this team right now. And that's okay because you've been in that, that football game against Justin Herbert the potential coach of the year, a good Chargers team on both sides of the football, right? A five and three team that's leading their division. So I think it was a positive day, and I think it was overall really focusing on Sirianni. It was a positive day. I loved the way he was play calling. I think he has adjusted beautifully. I would say since Gino that Tampa Bay game, he is gotten this offense on track with running the football being more of a team under center that relies on the offensive line that relies on the more traditional style of play action football and I think he's getting this team right and the one thing that you've never been able to criticize Sirianni for is his ability to get this team to fight all the way till the bitter end and that's something that's really important for a first-time head coach is to get guys to buy in
1: and I think his press conference yesterday on Monday was an excellent follow-up to that game he was asked questions about what can Jonathan Gannon do what did Jalen Hurts do right and what did he do wrong like how can you coach him up and it always came back to coach Sirianni he's like I have to do better coaching him up in that situation he had a breakdown in regards to that play to Devontae Smith where he's in the back corner of the end zone he laid it out perfectly for the media they thought it was a blitz they thought it was going to be a six-man pressure It turned Mm -hmm. out that they sent the Mike linebacker back. It turned out to be a five-man pressure. They drop a man into coverage, and he said, okay, this is what we could teach Jalen from that. And that's excellent. That's what I've wanted to see Nick do with Jalen. And in those first games when it was like they're just forcing so many things, you don't know what you could work on, what really is going well. And then when you slow it down and you isolate Jalen Hurts in those situations where he can win, I thought mm-hmm. yesterday, Lou, how they set up the play-action game on top of the run, the motion that they continue to have the last two weeks in this offense.
0: Thank God, because they were like dead last in the league before that throughout the majority of the season, despite having the personnel that most teams don't, that you want to use in motion mm-hmm. and pre-snap. And,
1: it, and, they, and they kind of have to, to an extent, because when you're, you don't have that personnel, you have to make it a little bit tougher for All a right. defense to scheme against. And we could say the opposite for Jonathan Gannon. He keeps it very vanilla. I think Nick... Nick Ceriani in the last two weeks, especially. And then after the first two series of that game, when they were really pass heavy, then he said, okay, we got to get back to what's working, run the ball, keep the ball out of Justin. Which is Irvington. good because some
0: coaches struggle to once they're in a mode to get yep. out of it. And I feel like throughout this season, when they went to the pass they did not go back to running the football. So I think again, you're seeing the you're seeing it more the evolution of X Siriani throughout the season. You wanted to see that in Jalen Hurts as well. You saw some signs though, even with Hurts on Sunday that could show okay, he only threw 17 times. But some of the completions he was making, maybe we can start to increase his workload again Mm -hmm. as the season goes on or at least feel more confident if you have to do that in a game where you have to pass the football to keep up with some of these teams that you're playing. But overall, I think Nick Sirianni, a huge positive that he's been able to scheme this team into success on offense through the past few weeks. So certainly stock up to Nick Sirianni. Guys, today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Built Bar. Look, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. All of the good foods and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built Bar. I know it sounds tough. Trust me, you won't regret it. Or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie on the holidays. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, High protein. It's Built Bar, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two or three. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often, and I can get you 15% off at Built.com when you use our promo code Locked15. That's L-O. Ocked 15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Uh, Gino, I think we got to talk about Devontae Smith too, right? I mean, stock up to wide receiver Devontae Smith, and stock up to Sirianni for getting Smith more involved. Um, what this guy is doing, considering the circumstances this year, is pretty incredible. He's on pace for just over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns, in 72 receptions. He's third in 20-plus yard receptions in the NFL since week four, and that's what the quarterback, again, that – has rarely targeted the middle of the field. He did better targeting Smith over the middle. And I think Hertz has made it tougher on Smith when it comes to accuracy. I think, too, Sirianni's been so focused on getting Rager and Watkins these manufactured touches because they can't win in the same ways as Smith. So considering all these circumstances, for Smith to still be doing what he's doing is impressive. And he looked like your best player on offense against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, stock up to me for telling you that he was the best of the four Alabama wide receivers three years ago. And you were telling me
0: that in 2018. So it wasn't just like a 2020 when he won the Heisman, which is an obvious take. Once he caught that pass in the national championship game to lock it up, you go, this kid's a winner.
1: And then to see what he does over the next two seasons at Alabama when he is the guy and he comes to the NFL in this Eagles offense as the guy, Lou, now only the second rookie wide receiver – in the last decade nearly, since Jordan Matthews, to go over 100 yards in two games. But the thing about Jordan Matthews' situation was he was not the guy. Jeremy Macklin was there. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith has the number one cornerback on him every single game, and he just
0: wins wherever he plays, Luke. That's the thing. I Matthews mean, was winning in the same areas all the time that year and throughout yeah. his career in Philly. Smith is making plays all over the Everywhere. field. Yeah.
1: Everywhere, you're getting involved in the short areas, so you could use mm-hmm. his yards after the catch. I love what he does on the sidelines. I just think his ability to understand where he is on the field, his ability to create catches outside of his body, the yeah. understanding of just how his body works and his balance to stay in bounds a lot of those times, get two feet in. It's like every time the ball is near him and he has a chance, I feel like he's going to catch it. He might have one or two concentration drops a game. Still a rookie. He's going to continue to get better. But what he has done, not just in the past game, Lou, but blocking. I don't know if you saw the audible clip last week after the Detroit game where they put out all the clips of Devontae Smith. And you're talking about the Hurts run, right? Yeah, the Hurts run where he's out on the the corner blocking his butt off. And he's doing that every single game. Most of these premier wide receivers want nothing nothing to do with And
0: Smith, the knock on him coming into the NFL was that he's small and could get yeah. you know out physical on in the NFL but like you see the one play on third down yesterday where Smith absorbs two hits in traffic to bring down that football. So he's transitioning it's you know, it's so nice to finally be able to talk about a true wide receiver one and it's especially, satisfying considering we've had to watch DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. and CD Lamb ball out and Jalen Rager not ball out and JJ Ortega-Whiteside not ball out. Do we want it to have to be three, a second round pick, a first round pick, and then another first round pick to finally get it right? No, obviously you want to hit on the first, but third time's the charm. At least they do that have really that player really finally. Things. Yeah, Yeah, at least they finally did it. I mean, you wish you didn't have to take as many swings, but you've got the player now, and I think there's no doubt about it. So stock up definitely to Devontae Smith. Who else you got?
1: Yeah, just one more point before we go off. Yeah, no, go ahead, for for sure. uh, 2017 running back class because James Conner had that excellent game for Arizona a couple days ago and we're talking about how we got to Pumphrey, right? But since then, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Jordan Howard's back in the fold. Boston Scott, they found off of waivers. It's like when Howie does make a mistake, he's going to try and take as many swings to hopefully make it better. And Devontae Smith is an example of that. And Yes, you'd want to see Jalen Rager do more. You want to see JJ do more. But to see a guy dominate and know that you're going to have a consistent player for, I mean, Lou, this is a decade plus type of franchise player that isn't going anywhere. It makes it easier to stomach seeing
0: future. the other guys, you know, not be on this football team for
1: sure. Absolutely. And yeah, so if I had to choose another stock up, I'm, I'm going to continue with the offense because the defense is a, a whole nother story. But you just yeah. look at the offensive line, man, continuing to dominate. And I know Bosa. You have a Bosa brother on the other side of the ball. He's due for two to three sacks. They kept Jalen Hurts relatively clean for the most part, and it's difficult in offensive line when Jalen likes to extend the plays. He likes to get outside the pocket. There's only so long you could hold up that type of rush. The offensive line. Nick Sirianni in his press conference was talking about getting Brandon Brooks back. Just imagine the potential. I mean, we're doing well with Jack Driscoll at right guard, who arguably is the weakest link of a solid offensive line. I think they're only going to continue to get stronger and better. And not only that, Jordan is not going anywhere anytime soon. Landon Dickerson's not going anywhere anytime soon. You have right. Jack Driscoll. You have Nate Herbig. You have right. Andre Dillard, who if you watch that Sunday night football game and saw Bobby Hart start at left tackle, you are thinking your lucky stars. this Eagles team <laughs> loves to get offensive linemen because Andre Dillard might be the biggest secret weapon that this team has had all year. Yeah. If they don't have that left tackle to help them out through those couple of games, Lou, Jalen Hurts might be set back like he was last year when he was just on the ground all the time and you don't have a fair evaluation of him. At least keeping your quarterback upright for him to make throws, Mm -hmm. I think we've been able to see a fair evaluation process of Jalen Hurts and the weapons around him the last couple weeks, mainly because of the guys up front. They're doing an excellent job. They're not going to get the recognition in the media that these guys like Smith, who has a 100-yard game, Jalen Hurts, who has the somersault play towards the end Mm -hmm. of the game there – The offensive line is the core of Philadelphia, has been for two-plus decades, and is going to continue to be. And, man, I'm going to be sad the day Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson are gone because those guys, it's just clinical every single week. And to have that leadership for those young guys, I really like what they're building there, and they're going to continue to build. And that's the one pair that they've never let crumble. That's been there forever, and they're going to continue to build up that pillar of their team.
0: I've got one more stock up before we hit a break. I think on defense, there wasn't a lot to love, but I was really impress, uh, impressed for the first time in a long time by the linebackers. Oh, I should say two weeks in a row, honestly, with Davey and Taylor and TJ Edwards. They're such an upgrade over at, uh, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. I rewatched the game right before the show, and Davey and Taylor was All over the field. I mean, you couldn't not notice him every play. He led the team with six tackles, a couple for a loss. I mean, he showed off the speed, the range, the tackling power that this team loved in the third round when it was seeming like it was a stretch of a pick in the third round. I think both of us liked Taylor and the upside, but we knew how raw he was. So we projected him more as a I don't know, like a fourth or fifth round pick. Maybe if you waited on linebacker longer, they took a risk, maybe overpicked him, but Gino, I thought he looked like one of the best players on defense yesterday. He made a lot of saving tackles that kept it second or third down because of that range and that speed. And TJ Edwards made some great plays too. I mean, you don't have your true every down linebacker yet, but I mean, from where Taylor was last year, even for a raw rookie to where he is now, you're seeing a tremendous step in growth and development. And I was really impressed rewatching that game by those two linebackers.
1: Yeah, and it's going to get swept under the rug just uh, the type of game he had simply because they did allow so many yards on the back end. But coverage, it's it's multiple variables that have to be in play, and Davion can only be in one place at one time. Still learning the position, but he's making those type of plays where if you saw the one to TJ Edwards on that touchdown, he was lacking behind the guy from the get-go. He was never going to make that play. Davion at least has the athleticism where he could be – in multiple spots to make multiple plays. There was one play where I think he, it was a tackle for loss, or even maybe just a one-yard gain, where he's the, the outside linebacker mm-hmm. and he drops back, cuts off the crossing route from the tight end, addresses that it's a run play, and comes down and stops the run. And that I guy hit that
0: video and put it on Twitter. It was one oh, of the most impressive really? plays yeah. I've seen from a linebacker in a while. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's what you want to see, and what I liked out of T.J. Edwards as well which I love out of Davian Taylor, and what we didn't see out of Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton is their ability to be physical at the point of attack. The they're not just getting washed out. Even if they don't make the play, they're going to be in their gap more often than Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton were in their many snaps. It's a work in progress. We know that. But to even have the understanding to get these guys more snaps is one of the only pieces of credit I'll give Jonathan Gannon is that this linebacker rotation had to change and it has. I want to see Davian Taylor involved more. And what happens when you get another linebacker opposite Davian, you're going to have two freak specimens that have unbelievable, hopefully bet on the traits, like get guys that are athletic. And that's what they did with Davian. Like you said, a raw type of guy. But you look at these edge rushers like Josh Sweat, fourth round pick. Why? Didn't have all the production, didn't have the uh, the health history, but he had the traits, and it's paying off now. I think Davion, yes, he's going to take a few years to develop. He's raw. He only played one-and-a-half high school games. They mentioned that every single broadcast he's on. He was still learning at Colorado, and now mm-hmm. that he's understanding defenses better, looking at last year, to see what he is now, Right. It's a big step. Yes, he has a, much more to go until he's one of these premier linebackers that we're talking about. But like the offense, and I said, these guys that where you see something building, I see it in Davion. Like we haven't had a guy that is going to make you hate your life coming over the middle <laughs> until Davion Tate. Yeah. I mean, it's been no, a while. It's true. Man. I mean,
0: that kind of hip power. Yeah, uh, Gino. Unfortunately, I think the positives on defense kind of stop there. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles is brought to you by an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. It's GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas, Every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents on the gallon and cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free get upside app today and use the promo code touchdown. We're gonna get into stock down here and let's take a look at n- number one, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. I mean
1: look one A, one B, one C, one everything
0: i am frustrated because I thought we turned the corner with Gannon against Detroit. You know, they played way more aggressive. They didn't sit back and in every situation, you know, play their typical soft shell, the, these zone coverages that were just brutal. And teams were picking you apart every single week against Detroit. They didn't do that. And I'm like, okay, maybe, I mean, he listened to Fletcher Cox who called him out. He's listening and to Nick Sirianni who called him out. There's a lot of people calling out Jonathan Gannon. And yet then the minute he plays another top-tier quarterback, He plays, or I should say he schemes this defense scared, soft. I mean, just zone dependent. No matter the situation, you park the bus, and especially late in the game, I mean, those final two drives, 15 plays, 64 yards, took up six minutes. Then the next uh, drive, 10 plays for 61 yards, took up another six minutes. Justin Herbert went 16 for 16 against zone. The Eagles allow a league-high 75.5% completion percentage. You know, they're on pace to allow the highest completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks in NFL history. I mean, it's the same thing every single week. And I'm tired of we, – we used to get tired of talking about the same issue uh, issues with Jim Schwartz every week. With Gannon, that's on another level. And it's just inexcusable. It cost you the game again.
1: Yeah, and you could say Schwartz did a lot more with a lot less on the back end with his defense. You know, especially some of those cornerback units
0: he had. Nick Sirianni like is, is the scheme for Chandon Sullivan and Devontae Bosby. Yeah, really hundred, one
1: even Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. Yeah, you know, like we would yes. love for this to be the thing. Nick oh, yeah. Sariani did kind of throw a little slight at Jonathan Gannon when he was asked in his press conference about how do you change up the looks. How do you make it difficult for these guys to stop passes? He goes, oh, you could have guys up the line of scrimmage, playing man, playing press where you have to reroute them. And it's like yeah. me and Lou have been saying that same thing. He goes back. We've been saying the same thing scared. since
0: 2017.
1: Yeah, he goes back to playing scared, and it puts yeah. a guy like Darius Slay, who is built to play man-to-man in such a bad position. Because Speaking of no, bad
0: positions, I mean, Derek Barnett's dropping back in coverage.
1: I watched what Josh Allen versus Josh Allen did when he had that interception. He is that Sam type of little lighter type of outside linebacker, right. which you should have playing that type of role to take away those intermediate throws but also rush the passer. Derek Barnett is not that guy. No. Is not that guy. You're making a true five-tech, hand-in-the-dirt rusher, playing coverage on a critical
0: down. And not only feel that, like this is player, Billy Davis all over again.
1: I, I posed a serious question to, uh, yesterday on Twitter, Lou. Is Jonathan Gannon worse than Juan Castillo and Billy Davis?
0: He's there, man. And that sucks because it, I thought... It's, it's a fair point with the yeah.
1: completion percentage. In the NFL, Lou, when you know they're going to pass, which right. the, the, the best quarterbacks that you've gone against, Herbert, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, you know what the focal point of their offense is going to be. Mm. But yet you don't make it hard for them. You don't change up any angles of what you're doing.
0: You right. don't make the, you don't disguise anything. And they were the blitzing e- in the first half of the game. Elite. And then when you had a- a to a season get high the end, blitzing
1: Luke, Right, a season and then you high, just,
0: and they didn't do anything. And then what happened the in the second half? They didn't do it at all. And speaking of stock down, this defensive line is not the elite unit it once was. And yet Gannon is coaching like it is. You're not winning with a four-man pass rush right now. No. You needed to apply the pressure. So not only are they having a four-man pass rush that's not winning, but it's a four-man pass rush and then it's soft zone coverage. So a guy like Justin Herbert, like, yeah, Jared Goff is going to make mistakes like that. But a Justin Herbert, a Patrick Mahomes, a Tom Brady, they're going to carve you up all the time and they're not going to force things and make mistakes. I know those guys feed down the field like that's what they want to do. Justin Herbert wants to make plays down the field and you have to stop that. Right. It's got to be a focal point but that's the only thing that Gannon has been focused on all year at stopping and everything else is working. Like, you know, if a quarterback is completing 80% of his passes, I don't care where those passes are. You are not going to win football games that way, even close ones, because in this situation you were still in it and it was a winnable game, but that style of defense is what got the Chargers in field goal range and you could do nothing but watch them kick the game winner as time expired. It's inexcusable, and if he doesn't adjust, I think he's going to lose his job already in year one.
1: I feel bad for the defensive line, really, because they're getting crapped on all over the place. In reality, Justin Herbert got the ball out in under 2.49 seconds. There wasn't a sack in the NFL (laughs) this weekend that fast. There Mm -hmm. was one all season that fast. And the thing is, how are you going to not play man, allow them to just throw on you in under two and a half seconds, And blame it on the defensive front when it's your defensive coordinator's problem. It's not the back-end coverage. It's not the defense. It's where these guys are lining up. They don't understand spacing in between where they're supposed to close in on zones. That comes from your defensive
0: coordinator. Zone, to them, it sounds like they just stand there. I mean, that is not even... sounds like like it. It, That's what they
1: do. And the the thing with the blitz, people keep bringing up that they blitzed the season-high amount but they just put the guys out there and blitz. They didn't make it difficult right. for Justin Herbert, who is a, a
0: genius. And then the when you were trying position. to disguise it, it was Barnett dropping back in coverage, which doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense personnel-wise. No. So every time they tried something, I wanted to pull my hair out. It was so unbelievably frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gino, you got another stock down for us? Because I think Gannon took up most of it just because yeah. it's, he was the glaring issue in that game.
1: He was, and I, I just want to say that we've seen bad defensive coordinators in Philadelphia that had one or two weaknesses, right? Sure. Like Billy Davis, you could say like, he didn't have a scheme. They moved to that style of defense that Mm -hmm. really didn't fit those guys. Gannon has holes everywhere. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. And when they don't create pressure because the quarterback gets it out too fast, they don't create turnovers on the back end. So unless they're playing a bad quarterback, which all the examples that we have are good games against bad quarterbacks, they're going to get destroyed. They're not going to get respected in the NFL. I mean, you're taking on Trevor Simeon next week. He might throw for 4,000 yards against this defense. I don't know. They can't stop anybody. And I don't feel confident with Jonathan Gannon making it to next season. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't sit on his hands when it comes to coordinators. We know, you know that from the He Doug forces Peterson coaches
0: vision. to hire and fire coordinators. So, and Nick Sariani,
1: yeah. he looks good, but it would look bad on him if he supported this guy through the mm-hmm. offseason if things do not get better. Because to look at it, Lou, yeah, there's going to be a lot of turnover on that defense, but what they want to do is there. They want to get pressure with the front four, they want to cover on the back end. But if those guys aren't put in the position, to where they do what they do well, like Darius Slay for playing man
0: coverage, right. you're never going to win a football game. Like I just that. I hate the philosophy. I mean, I know uh, it's what, in the what NFL is the philosophy? 20- Seriously, what what is his philosophy? I don't know. The philosophy is to not get beat deep, and, and that's really all it feels like. Just don't don't get give up chunk plays did. that's all it feels like and to me i know a defense is going to lose more than win in the nfl in 2021 but i'd rather lose going for it and being aggressive that's just mm-hmm. my philosophy overall and even if that kind of defense does work jim schwartz's defense had success at times i'm just never going to be on board with that philosophy i'm just you not going a to be. quote I, Lou? yeah Oh, I think I know exactly which one is it from Jim Johnson. Eagles
1: defensive coordinator, rest in peace, to the greatest of all time to do it. They might have done that with straight coverage anyway, so why not blitz? And they did. They did it with straight coverage. You could have blitzed 67 times. So what? They beat you. So what? If you get one or two sacks, it's a completely different game. A completely different game. One time they punt, Hmm. completely different game.
0: And they I have it. another quote. I have another quote from Jim Johnson too. He used to say, "We don't do crazy. If we got burned and continued to do it, that would be crazy." And that's what Jonathan Gannon does. Sad he gets beat the same ways, doing the same thing over I know. and We've over again. We've used that quote a results. lot when it comes to this exact discussion, <laughs> times, man. And it's way every too time. many times, bro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, yeah, definitely stocked down Jonathan Gannon. I think the defensive line too struggled. Uh, Gino, who else you got?
1: Uh, I have to. You have to just kind of take a look still at the special teams, man. Like, I, I can't give them credit when the best two players are your kicker and punter and you get no yeah. plus yardage in the return game. Which is frustrating
0: it, because they have so much explosive firepower. Yeah. You would feel like for this. And spot. why did
1: they put John Hightower out there after Quez Watkins sure. was raking, raking in yards on the kick returns? Quote unquote, raking for the Eagles is only getting to the 23 I was or 24 say a yard It's just getting
0: back to where John the Hightower didn't
1: even get to the 15, and that all stems from your coordinators. I have faith in one coordinator on this team, right? Well, give it to Shane Steichen as well. But Sirianni and Steichen, if they would have got the ball back in that game loop, I would have loved to see what would have happened. Me too. Because I think I that would have instilled a bit more confidence in me with what that offense could do and what they were doing. Shot for shot, they or were look there. Look at the
0: drive tying the game up with six minutes left. I mean, they made some great plays on that drive to tie the football game back up. The defense again, going back to the defense, they just didn't give them a stop. chance.
1: You it know, just one stop, man. Just one stop. Give, give your playmakers a chance. You know, in the and NBA, instead of the final like, two, put it, yeah, it, put in mm-hmm. the hands best player and allow them to make a play. Like even though thinking back to the playoffs last year, Kevin Durant missed that three pointer because his foot was on a line by an inch. Mm -hmm. But what if they never got the ball back and he never even gets to take that shot? It's a completely different discussion.
0: 12 plays, those final two drives that went, or I'm sorry. um, What is it? 15 plays and 12 plays. So 27 plays that went um, over 12 minutes. That's just unacceptable for the game situation for the Eagles defense. Gino, I think stock down one more to wide receiver Jalen Rager. Um, We had the conversation against Detroit because they started using them in a different way, used them in the reverse game more, pre-snap motion. I did a whole video, actually, on our YouTube page that said, maybe we should start, look at Corderell Patterson, look at Nelson Aguilar. Were they busts for first-round picks considering what they were picked to do? Yes, 100%. But once the expectations changed, once the the roles changed, those guys became good role players in the NFL. And I said, maybe that's the future for Jalen Rager but I don't even know about that man at this point. At this point, I want to use Watkins and Smith more in the areas. They're trying to give Rager the ball easy touches because even in those manufactured plays, he's doing nothing with it right now. He has 7.6 yards per reception, which is 144th out of 159 qualifying wide receivers. He looks worse to me this year than he did last year. I mean, it's, it's a brutal pick and he's, I, I had high hopes because of the highlight plays he was making in training camp this year, but Man, Gino, I mean, he is so far behind, I mean, compared to Quez Watkins in year two. And it sucks, because I think we both really liked the pick and the philosophy behind the pick at the time. And it's just another one that's just not working out. He makes me miss Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> which is saying oh, something. Man, don't say that. But <laughs> yes. I, I look at this pick, Lou, and I
1: look at me, Cole Hardman, for example, right? Year three right now. Even if he
0: was Michael Hardman right now, I would take that. Hardman hasn't been great, but that's what I wanted Raker to be right, right now with the expectations changing.
1: Right, and you're in year two, and the thing with wide receivers, it's always like that year three bump is the big one, and we still are going to probably see him in year three. He is still on that rookie contract. It's yeah, just he's not going way. anywhere. No, he, and they, they're not going to, and they're going to try and figure it out one way or another with him. I look at that offense and you're right, Lou, like you want to get these guys involved, but do it to the guys that are doing well. And, and right. until Rager proves your other otherwise, which seems like the 2016 Nelson Aguilar, when you're like, every time this guy looks like he's going to do something. Well,
0: it was year three and, that Nelly did have the big year. So there you I go. Mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe you never know. And, and, Nelly looked, and Nelly looked historically bad the first two years. So I'm not giving up on him, but I mean, just want to see even more. I know what you're but saying because, you and you know more. what the difference is, Gino. In year one and year two, um, Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson they weren't using Nelson Aguilar in the ways that Doug eventually did in 2017 and 2018. Nick Sirianni is trying everything to get Rager involved and get right. him easy touches in year two, and that's why I'm a little more discouraged because Sirianni not holding him back. I think. He's giving Rager more opportunities than honestly he should be considering the production. I think more of these plays should be going to Quez and should be going to Devontae Smith and heck, even, you know, Gainwell or or Dallas Goddard, right? So that's the one frustrating part is that in year two, they are trying to adjust his role and it still isn't there.
1: Yeah, and especially in those plays when they go empty, right? And it's like, okay, you're probably going to look for your third option underneath, like he's not even getting involved in that type of fashion, which is the worst part. But what their base offense is right now, uh, compare it to a service academy. You're going to get one or two wide receivers out there each play, and they're just going to run it down your throat. And the one or two receivers they have out there, it's going to be Devontae each and every time. Dallas Goddard probably is going to get the second targets, and then Quez. And it's like, we could get Kenny involved. We could get Boston involved. Then Rager just keeps falling down that list, right? And it's a tough position for him to be in. You want to see him work his way back, which – with the way Nick Ceriani has developed players on offense, is it the will to not get there, or does he just not have that skill set to get there? And we'll, we'll the figure thing. that out Some here. people
0: just, I mean, you give guys time and they have upside, but some guys just don't need something. Some players are just bad players. I mean, that's the case sometimes. And what you find out you want to give them time for sure, but sometimes it's, they just don't have it. And we'll see with Jalen Rager. Uh, for sure. Gina, let's wrap up the show by taking a look at the playoff picture because I think stock up for the playoffs, even though they lost this football game, they didn't lose any ground, though, when it comes to the race for the 7th seed. Currently, right now, because of the Carolina Panthers losing, the Minnesota Vikings lost, the San Francisco 49ers lost. We'll see what happens with the Chicago Bears. They play on Monday night against um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. When we're recording this, the game has not started yet. Um, the Atlanta Falcons right now hold that seven seed at 4-4, four and four. The Eagles are a game behind a game and a half. They already beat Atlanta. Gino, between all those teams that I mentioned, I mean, Seattle probably with Russell Wilson coming back at three and five might be the favorite to grab that spot. And I know Matt Ryan's playing out of his mind right now. But considering the Eagles schedule and the way they played a good team like the Chargers and the way they've been playing the last two weeks with this new identity, I think they have as good a chance as any of these teams to grab that spot.
1: And I don't really look at it like I did last year where they could have won that division, right? They could have right. like, had a chance to get into the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, that team really had nothing at all. Right. And then you want that pick because you need to figure out what you have going forward and you need more ammunition. Now with having the Dolphins pick, having the Colts pick, having your own pick, don't even worry about the personnel. That'll figure itself out in the offseason. Now you can build off of what happened these last two weeks And if you put together a good little stretch here, Lou, you hope that that carries into next year and you start strong and you could say, okay, we made a little bit of a run neck last year, even though maybe we don't make it, maybe they miss it by a game or two, but you pick up a win here, maybe against the Broncos and the saints. I saw you had to win two out of three against the chargers, Broncos or saints say they win those two, say they win three out of five of those division matchups. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I've had much more confidence going into next year than I did back in 2016. Like after 2016, I was like, they still have a long way to go here. Like they need to figure some things out. But the parity at the bottom of the NFC, you got to win those games against the better teams because Mm -hmm. you don't have Minnesota on your schedule. You don't have any of these other three and five teams. You already played them. You played Atlanta. You played Carolina. It's not going to get much easier. And those three and five teams that you play are in your division. So if you win those games, Mm -hmm. that's a big-time matchup. And these moral victories we talk about, you don't get medals for valor. Like, it just doesn't happen in the NFL. Great quote from Merrill Reese on the uh, Miracle of the Meadowlands number 2. There's no medals for valor. But when you look at what it could mean for a young team, a young coach, a young quarterback, young pieces everywhere – I, I relate this to hockey. Like there's always that young team that gets to the playoffs, then they play mm-hmm. a veteran team that it's right. gonna beat them in a seven game series simply because of that reason. Yeah. The it Eagles reminds me got-
0: of when the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to Kobe. When he was older yeah. in 2011, and you're like, okay, they're probably a year away, but this was the first thing they needed to get under their belt. And then what do they do? They beat the Lakers the next year. They beat the Spurs in the uh, Western Conference Finals, and they got to the finals against Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's different because like, like last year you didn't really have that young core to build off of that, whereas this year, even a wild card and out. Is something you can build on because you have pieces moving forward that you know you're going to try to build around. And we talked about it um, throughout the Wednesday show last week that a playoff run is important. And I wouldn't be rooting for it if they, you know, if they didn't have that Miami pick and the Indy pick. But you can again have the best of both worlds, and I'll take a playoff run this year, 100. Uh, and I think again, like I said, you know, those other teams maybe are. Better equipped right now to make a run like Minnesota or Atlanta because of their quarterbacks or Seattle. But I think considering Philadelphia's schedule and the way they're playing as of late. They're going to be in this thing. So it's going to be fun. Buckle up. We've got a couple good, winnable matchups the next few weeks. And Gino and I have got you covered right here on Lockdown Eagles. It's your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast, all platforms. It's available Monday through Friday, five days a week, as well as on YouTube and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBLC, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football will be back tomorrow until then thank you so much for making lockdown eagles your first listen each and every day for my co-host gino camilleri i'm lou debiasi signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly